0: How far down your board should you be bumping Julian Edelman? What player should you target at the end of the first round of your rookie free agent drafts this weekend? And what rookie receiver has a big chance to shoot up ADP in redraft in the next couple of months? Plus 2015-1250 draft experts number two and Dynasty 750 number 13 winner Brian Holston gives us the skinny on Carlos Hyde's new opportunity, the Baltimore backfield, and how he thinks he did from the one spot in last week's Revelations draft. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Thanks a lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics and and addicts tuning in tonight or listening later. We certainly appreciate it. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll read between the lines and what Eli Manning had to say about Sterling Shepard and what Day 3 pick is being called a complete back by his coaching staff. Plus, Brian Holzgen, the winner of the 1250 Draft Experts Number no. 2 live in Vegas last season, as well as the 2015 750 Dynasty Number no. 13 champ, joins us to tell us how he manages so many teams and how he was able to overcome some significant injuries to earn some big prizes. Shout out to the chat room right now. You guys can post any questions you have for us in there. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, I'm at Eric Balkman, Dave's at David Gerzak, the show's at HSFF Hour, and Brian Holzgen's at Draft Addict. Uh, you can post on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the high stakes fantasy football hour. If you want to give us a call tonight, 347 426 3682, that's 347 game ova You can also email the show at the FedEx, excuse me, at the inbox at high football at gmail.com. <laughs> If you have any questions for us, now is the time to send them. Our audio okay. engineer, Bryce, our mutual friend, Rob, will get those questions to us in fantasy feedback later on the show.
2: Good job, Paul. Anyways, good job on that start. You're man. so good at that. I
0: certainly appreciate it. Hey, I want a special thanks to you, Dizzle. I know you're a little under the weather, but you're doing the show tonight. Yes. Powering through.
2: Yes, I have a cold.
0: So, so I am like, not
2: sure if it was a flu or a cold, but I was able to eat, so it's a cold.
0: Like somebody. My who, nasally voice is... Even more nasally, like somebody who's questionable with a soft tissue injury. You're gutting it out tonight. I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna make it. I'll show. Hey, uh, uh, th- yeah, don't do that. Um, speaking of which, Saint Dizzle goes to Washington. How was mm-hmm. DC? You were there a couple of days this week on behalf of the SBFSTA. Yeah, no, it was pretty interesting. I heard. Congress. Yeah, for God's sake.
2: Yeah, it was. It was actually. Uh, it was you know neat to see the city. Right. Oh, uh, I never knew that you. They, they can't build make buildings over like 12 stories higher, you know, some amount of stories, maybe 10 or 12. What's the reason for that? It can't be higher than the Capitol or something to Mm, that effect. Interesting. So like it's, you know, traffic was terrible. I would never want to live there. And then they keep expanding all over the place. There's all these cranes because, you know, the city's expanding probably because of the lobbying and whatever, all the payoffs and bribes that go on. And, uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. Hillary knows. (laughs) So all that stuff that's going on. So then there's all these buildings getting built kind of around the Capitol. And, um, you know, they're all 12 stories high. So they're just, it's like, it's weird. Because every building is, that, is, the, is it, that height. Is that maximum height. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Wild. Wow. Uh, and some good stuff got done in front of uh, the feds this time, educating them.
2: Yeah. It was like a, it was a federal subcommittee, our, our executive director of the small businesses of fantasy sports, Steve Brubaker spoke. Uh, and He had uh, a lot of interactions. They they listened to what we had to say and, or what he had to say. And Alex and I were there and it was, uh, it was pretty good. So yeah. I mean, we'll see if, see what changes it has and you know, how it goes. But, you know, unfortunately, today, Missouri, the bill went bad, and uh, so that's unfortunate, really. Yeah. And, we, and honestly, I mean, in all the truthfulness, it looks like we might have to exit the state of Missouri as of, like, August 27th or 28th. And almost all season-long companies are going to have to do that because these people are idiots. Yeah. Uh, know what they're doing, and,
0: you know, you know, the lobbyists that we— by, the, by these people you're referring to? You
2: know, the legislators there, and, the, you know, the— Fantasy would, Sports, would you, would you the call Fantasy them— The Fantasy Sports Trade Association as well. They're supposed to be lobbying there and looking out for our best interests. Small businesses of fantasy sports does not have enough funding to, to to look out for every single state in the country, and I don't know what they did. I don't know who their lobbyist was there with. They they screwed
0: up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it, that's bad news, but it, it does segue into what I'm about to tell you about the FFPC. Uh, remember that the high-stakes leagues and the main event are live for registration at myffpc.com. You can also register for some dynasty startups, uh, one starting at the end of the month, the other two starting in June. Uh, and the early bird for the main event is prior to May 31st. Dave, if you live in Missouri, there's, and the fact that we're going to have to leave the state, get on the horse and make sure that you are registered for all events prior to that so you can actually play with us this year.
2: That's right. I mean, you can still play this year if you get in before that time if you're there. And, uh, you know, the FSTA will try and go back next year and fix it, or hopefully the FSTA will get involved again. And, you know, it's the same thing with some of those other states.
0: The big Bipper, BIP Lab mandel yeah. in the chat room wants to know if we have any updates from minnesota last i heard still chugging along with nope. a good bill the bill is dead actually well oh, the bill is dead
2: yeah which actually in you know to for us for season long fantasy sports that's fine um we would have liked to have gotten it, got it pass because the bill is in good shape right. but what uh, okay. happened i don't know i just saw that we have this like slack notification system as right. well
0: yeah. and uh so i don't really know okay no but you know bip you're good okay but your your grandfathered <laughs> in. He definitely is. Okay, uh, I want to thank Football Guys, Roto World, and Rob for tonight's rundown. Let's talk about you know, Jeremy Fowler's report on ESPN.com that Le'Veon Bell's status is unknown for OTAs. Now, he's coming off the really bad knee injury last year. Another season-ending knee injury for Le'Veon Bell. Um, if he is cleared for OTAs, he's going to be limited. Clearly, Pittsburgh wants to make sure that they're, they're taking it easy on him because the offense will flow through him and Antonio Brown this year. Training camp is probably going to be a better gauge of what we can expect for Le'Veon Bell early in the season. But if you're drafting right now, you're not going to know. If I, w- you're tra- I would not
2: take him right now at all.
0: Okay. Interesting you say that because I did want to play a Would You Rather tonight. Let's play it. And I feel it. Well, first of all, let's literally play it. Would you rather get a massage from a man or surgery from a female doctor? Would you have sex with Cleveland if it meant you could have sex with Angelina Jolie? Who would you rather do? What would you guys rather be? Who would you rather start a small business with? Who would you rather have sex with? Do you want breakfast or would you rather chew on your own ass as usual? That's a great one, Valkyrie. It it is fantastic. Good job, Bryce. Bryce uh, is the man. Le'Veon Bell or Todd Gurley? (coughs)
2: Excuse me. Um, Todd Gurley.
0: Okay. Le'Veon Bell David Johnson? Johnson. Adrian Peterson? Peterson. Devonte Freeman. I'm still I'm still taking Freeman. He's healthy. Wow, that's I, I
2: I don't know why you're not going to take a 320 point back against a person you're not sure about.
0: And and a 320 point back and went to Florida State. you yeah, know there you go. so wow.
2: So, okay, right now, like given where we're at, I know you know you can have an overreaction that he's too injured or not. Okay, but what do you think his odds are of being perfectly healthy and having an, a high end RB one season? My at my contention is that if there's being no discount given. So if I was doing early drafts, yeah, I would love to, do, I'd love to do early drafts because someone's going to take him in the top six picks, yep. right? So it's like, oh, there's one – I mean, if, he could be awesome, but if there's like a 30 – let's say it's a 70% chance he's totally fine. Mm-hmm. That's a 30% chance that that, team is,
0: that that guy's team is screwed. Yeah, that's a great point. And you won't have to make that decision because you'll just take one of these other backs or one of the other top receivers in round one. Yeah,
2: and there's all, you know, always half of the first round is a, is a bust. So
0: why would you – make the chance of your busting going up just a little bit higher. Uh, So this will be a weird would you rather, but I'm just trying to gauge your, if you're drafting right now in like an FFPC style satellite, who would you rather have as your number one running back? Le'Veon Bell or Mark Ingram? Uh, At that point... Like, I mean, where, 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 where is the tipping point for the upside that, of Le'Veon Bell? It's in that neighborhood, a little bit higher.
2: You know, Ezekiel Elliott is an interesting one, actually. You know, a rookie running back who's, you know, never played on a pretty solid offense.
0: Le'Veon Bell or Jamal Charles?
2: Yes, you know, they're both coming off Red, injuries. Yeah.
0: So. Although the, the reports of Charles have not nearly been as yeah. Um, Charles, nebulous. Charles,
2: as... Yeah, Charles is old. And at that, I mean, at that point, I'll find a receiver I would take over those two guys.
0: Le'Veon Bell or Doug Martin? Receiver on Bell or Eddie Lacy?
2: These are well. I would take Lacy actually. I think Lacy's have a great year. And there we
0: go. The correct answer. <laughs> Eddie Lacy. Bulkus Carrington. The team. the correct answer to every question this year. The only skinny Eddie Lacy. The only thing that he is not the correct answer to is Eddie Lacy or Kobe Fleener. <laughs> Clearly, it's Fleener. We've just start giving out
2: uh, like Trump nicknames. You know, like skinny Eddie Lacy. So we right.
0: to start doing that to yeah. players. And lion on Bell. <laughs> Lying no, on the... He, smoke,
2: uh, smoking Le'Veon Bell. Smoking
0: Le'Veon Bell. Adam Schefter is uh, reporting that Julian Edelman actually had surgery, foot surgery, still on pace to participate in training camp for the Patriots, according to sources with the team. Edelman was uh, spotted with a large boot on his foot, and uh, now we're hearing about this surgery report from Schefter. The concern here, Dave, is twofold. He's hurt. You know my proclivity for standing behind a New England player's injury report? I just don't know. It could be the most exactly. trusted report, reporter in the world, and I still, you know, would question it. And the fact that it's a foot injury, Julian Edelman, a guy who relies on quick cuts and yeah. getting open, you know. I Six, I, six, five, three-cone three
2: drill. Right. It's amazing.
0: Yes, it's fantastic. But now, what are you doing with Edelman? I think that he's another guy where he's got to drop, like, a full two rounds for you to, to look at him. When you bring up the same argument you bring up with Le'Veon Bell, Yes. what are the chances? Even if it's 70 30, I think that that's not a risk worth taking unless you're getting significant value on Edelman.
2: I agree. I mean, if you're doing a DE, you could take Edelman and then grab Chris Hogan like the 13th round or something like that. In fact, I saw Chris Hogan taken in a recent Dynasty rookie draft that I was in at the 203 pick. Oh, that's
0: Chris interesting. Hogan. Yeah. Well, I, uh,
2: I'm not going to say his name. Okay. Okay, I'm going to say his name. All right. Mark Moyer.
0: Perfect. Former a, former he's guest one, of the high-stakes
2: fantasy football right, club. He, yeah. He's a, he's a kicker expert, Mark Moyer. Yeah, that's he's true. He's a yeah. defense expert. He's a DE expert. Um, but, yeah, he's still in one of my dynasty leagues, and Mark Moyer took him. It was a 202 or 203
0: in uh, in uh, this league called The Dynasty League, if you look it up on my fantasy league. You'll find it there. Um, I, I read – I, I think this is Roto World. had the report that from some beat writer, maybe Mike Reese, I'm I'm not sure, but – that there was four receivers that were locked to make the New England roster, and that was Edelman, Hogan, Malcolm Mitchell, the the rookie receiver, and um, not Amendola, somebody else. Sure. Maybe not. it was no, Amendola. No, because no, no. They, well, okay, that's the other thing. Amendola just restructured his contract to stay with the team for you know he cut like 4.4 million off his salary, so mm-hmm. the Patriots are only paying him like a million and a half or something like that this year. Very smart. But they Very keep Very
2: smart of Amendola because a lot of times those guys don't do that and then they get caught in the free Right.
0: Right. And not only that. Maybe very smart of the Patriots if it, this happening yeah. right around the Schefter report about this Edelman foot surgery. Maybe there is something there. Oh, did you mention Hogan because Hogan just got? Yeah, there, yeah. Know, Hogan's another lock it for three the roster. For,
2: three for twelve million or four for? It
0: was actually a it was significant cash. Yeah, was I thought like, it was a four-year deal.
2: Yeah, it was like four for twelve million dollars for a guy like that. who's just some random free agent. That's pretty yeah. impressive.
0: Paul Schwartz from the New York Post uh, had a story about Eli Manning talking about Sterling Shepard. I'm going to read the quote verbatim. Uh, this is from Eli Manning. He's a guy who is shifty and athletic. It's tough to say from six routes on air, but I hope he is – but here's the key. I hope he is a young Victor Cruz. I know what Cruz thought of. Eh? Okay, it, it, yeah, it's kind of an indictment on Cruz. Whatever, man. Yeah, like, I'm a young Victor Cruz. <laughs> I'm not old. I was on Playmakers. Didn't you see how good I look? Um, Sterling Shepard, we talked about this before the draft. He was one of the few receivers where we weren't really questioning how good of a route runner he'd be out of the gate. He's going to be good. He is good. And he made the FFPC email today. I don't know if you saw that. Um, you did I, see it? I saw it, yeah. All right, okay. Lovely. Great. Um, <laughs> but Sterling Shepard um, is an interesting guy to look at uh, for the Giants this year, Dave, because I'm not betting that Victor Cruz plays at any kind of level close to what he played at before. I feel like the reason the Giants drafted Shepard in the second round is because they envision this Eli— Odell Beckham, Eli Manning, Odell Beckham, Sterling Shepard triumvirate you know, in this passing attack yes. for the next three or four seasons or however long Eli's able, Eli Manning is able to play at a high level. I think Shepard is not only a great dynasty pick, as he's been picked pretty high in dynasty league that, that you've been participating in, he's a great redraft pick this year too. I don't think he's too
2: bad. I, I agree with you. I think Victor Cruz is still, it's a tough road, long road back. I just, like you said, I can't see him getting there. Oh, uh, you know Will Ty, whatever
0: he's just okay. Yeah, you don't like Will Ty. I, he really came on last season. He did some good things after Denell. I don't got like right. his
2: name that much either.
0: Because it's so short, or yeah, it's
2: too short. The name is too short. You know who
0: else had a short name? Huh. Ty Law. <laughs> you know who else had a short name? Dre Bly. All Pro Bowlers. You know who else had a short name? Eric Falkman
2: that's
0: uh, Not that short. Um, pretty. It's pretty short. Yeah.
2: So Ty's it all right. You know, Beckham's going to command all the targets. But I, yeah, I agree with you. Shepherd actually has a, a lot of chances at you know being decent in redraft and dynasty. As
0: far as redraft goes, what receivers would you be drafting this at this point right now ahead of Sterling Shepherd, if if you were like we playing? Or am I know play? because I mean you there. know you know who was drafted. Uh, okay, who who would you who would you well, let's play? Would you rather? Who would you rather have this year redraft purposes? You, you can make some of the rookie wide. Yeah, I too. will. I will. Yeah. Sterling Shepard or Will Fuller.
2: I would take Shepard.
0: Sterling, she- I agree. Sterling Shepard or Josh Dixon?
2: Uh Yeah, Shepard is in a better situation.
0: I agree. Sterling Shepard or Laquan Treadwell.
2: You know, honestly, I would probably take Treadwell, but I think there's a probably a it's like almost 50-50 that Shepard has a better season. Treadwell is going to get more red zone looks. They don't pass that often in that
0: offense. Yeah, I, I agree with you that it is close, but I would also tra- take Treadwell. Sterling Shepard or um, Michael Thomas from New Orleans.
2: I'll take Shepard. I think he's more talented. Than I Thomas. I agree. And you know, Cooks on the other side too, but yeah.
0: Uh, Sterling Shepard or Tyler Boyd?
2: Um, Shepard.
0: So basically, well, I, I think we.
2: I would take using the mascot well, Corey Coleman. I would take Corey. Oh, Coleman. Corey Coleman! For God's sake, yeah, Coleman, yeah. Yes, I'm Corey Coleman's you know biggest fan.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I, 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 I traded up
2: for. I'm getting him in at least half of my my eight dynasty leagues. I'm getting him in four leagues, and I've made moves to get to that spot.
0: Corey Coleman getting the Dizzle stamp here on the high stakes fantasy I love Football hour. Hey, uh, so uh, Shepard is the number three for you for redraft.
2: Number three, rookie wide receiver. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. We have – Let's get to the guest. No, we're going to have him in a second. I just wanted to bring up one final point because we have – and by the way, our guest is Brian Holzgen. We're going to – I didn't forget his name. He's coming up in just a little bit. We've been talking about Wisconsin running backs on the show, Dave. Oh, yeah. Melvin Gordon had microfracture surgery. According to Michael Gelkin from the San Diego uh, Union-Tribune, this surgery is done in January. Uh, recovery timetable given to Gordon of four to six months. He's already been uh, on the field uh, participating in drills uh, this past Monday, but he says he's not 100%, uh, not where he wants to be. He says he thinks he's ahead of schedule. He's sprinting, pr- sprinting pretty well, and he is cutting right now. He says, no question, I'll be ready for training camp, but microfracture surgery, Dave. Another chink in the armor as it were for uh, with uh, Melvin Gordon coming off a really disappointing uh, last year. Now San Diego did a great job improving their offensive line. It will be much better this year. The question is can Melvin Gordon take advantage of it and I feel like even with the discount that you're getting in in for redraft leagues. I don't know if I'm willing to pay it. Uh, Let me interrupt what you were about to say. I'll say this. We saw so many people last year take four receivers in their first five picks or, you know, five receivers early. You mean you? No, I'm pe- pe- guests on this show who won <laughs> tens of thousands of dollars doing it. You and, and then in the, yeah, I did. I didn't win that much money. So round six, seven, and eight. It seemed like that, that was a sweet spot for like the, the Chris Ivory, TJ Yeldon, Devontae yeah. Freeman picks, whatever. And all the other ones would suck. That now, you enjoy, I'm I, right I would make Melvin Gordon, if I went with that strategy, I would make him part of that. Yeah, he's in the mix. Mid-running back where I'm just that's – a, That's a shotgun strategy for yeah. running backs.
2: So, you know, Gordon, you can throw in there because it is – you're just throwing darts at that point. You really are. And, not, and you're half drunk when you're throwing them. You're like, ah, I don't know, whatever. Did... Triple 20, all right, double 18, whatever, close enough.
0: Are you saying you have to be half drunk to draft Melvin Gordon this so, you No, know,
2: and I think to play well at cricket, you have to be half drunk. You, know, you throw for the triple 20, you hit the triple 18. That's how it goes.
0: Well, that's, that's darts ball team. That is darts, but we're doing the show. And to be successful at this show, you have to be fully drunk. We're going to take a little <laughs> drink break here. Come back right after this on High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Bring it back. Brian Holzgen right after this. He is the 1250 draft experts number two champion in the Fantasy Football Players Championship uh, in 2015. He is the 750 Dynasty number 13 champion. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about him here uh, before we bring him on, ladies and gentlemen. He actually uh, only started drafting fantasy football leagues to fill the time while rocking his youngest to sleep late at night. Ha, nice. He went from drafting a few leagues in his first year in 2013 to drafting more than 100 leagues in 2015. He's entering his third year of high-stakes fantasy football with the FFPC. In the past two years in the FFPC, he's finished as runner-up in 2014 and the league champion in 2015 at 750 Dynasty League number 13. He was the 1250 DE number 2 champ in Vegas last year. He's a Football Guys Players Championship League champion, won multiple FFPC DE Satellite Leagues, in the past two years, he's cashed in more than 100 leagues and somehow has not only never won his home league, but he's never made it to the championship. Oh, he's never been on the show before. That's the I, I, it's, it just blows my Rob, mind. Yeah, on, Rob. Yeah, that's on Rob. That's on Rob. He's a great follow for uh, FFPC players or any fantasy players on Twitter. You can follow Matt Draft Addict. Please welcome from the Dude Platinum franchise, Brian Holsgen. Brian, welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, man.
1: Hey, boys. Long time, first time.
0: It, it's uh, it's awesome to have you. Am I pronouncing your your last name right? I should have asked you that before we we brought you on.
1: No, but that's okay. How would well
0: I'll, I'll let me get it right. How would you prefer it?
1: The G is silent.
0: So it's Olsen, right?
2: Olsen, you got it.
0: Okay, there you go. Perfect. Just like you should
2: have said yes for the you know what do they call it the.
0: <laughs> the what? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: I don't know. It looks like you're about to <laughs> molest a woman that's with funny. your hands. I don't. I don't know what that is. Yeah. for the boobies. Yeah. I did. No, I didn't. Whatever no, the, you're talking about, you I didn't sent an email
2: do the, you know, the, the spelling where you uh, the, oh you the phonetic it, symphonic
0: sym- phonetic, 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 phonetic phonetic spelling. Yeah. I, the, am I that, that's why from? I, I have this, no idea. I'm taking you know a few too many
2: meds here, Brian.
0: Yeah, but yeah, we're, we're fighting no, through no, we're, a cold here. I'm. It's both Dave's cold. We're we're both fighting <laughs> through that. Uh, Brian, tell us a little bit about what you do for a living.
1: Uh, sure, yeah. I work for a uh, growing auto dealer group. I'm a business development manager. And uh, for them, basically, I create and implement uh, sales strategies, develop tracking systems to measure uh, department individual
0: performance standards. It's very exciting. Not, not, not unlike uh, creating different uh, models to measure fantasy football players' performance standards, as you have uh, done yes. pretty well over the last three years.
1: Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you made me sound good in the intro there. So thank you. <laughs>
0: hey, actually, you know,
2: before I ask I you a fancy question. Too, I want to
1: thank you guys, though. Um, I felt the uh, the high-stakes fantasy football hour push on Twitter when you guys uh, announced I was going to be a guest on the show. I went from 24 followers to 37. So, oh, my beautiful. God, I catapulted. Wow.
2: That's yeah. like
0: 50%. Over 50%. Over 50%. Yeah, okay. You know what? You know what's weird? The, the HSFF hour bump on Twitter helps the guests has yet to help me or you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody follows us, but they follow the show. I'll, I'll make sure I my mom follows. this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brian, before I ask you a question,
2: first of all, Valky, I'm happy we got this, this, this picture. So it looks like you're in front of like an Airstream trailer of a brewing company with a metal, which is, this is, these are the types of pictures you want. This is like an alpha male shot. He's like, dude, this is bad I'm badass in front of this alpha. Yeah. You know, I'm in front of the Airstream trailer. I'm, you know, the beer, I, I want like a metal. So tell us about that a little bit.
1: Uh, I wish it was that cool. I just I, I ran a half marathon and uh, it was all you could drink New Holland beer
2: after. So it's uh, see, without a doubt my favorite race of the year. Yeah. See, that's great.
0: I think that's fantastic. Yeah, that is good. I always like yeah. the the pers- the personality shots we get of <laughs> of, of people who send in sh- uh, shots to the show uh, photos. And for anybody who's wondering what Dave's talking about, you can actually see it on the FFPC message boards if you subscribe to the FFPC insider list. It was in there today, and it's also or on, on the-, the-, the Blog Talk Radio yeah, website as go. well. There you go.
1: Yeah, everybody else's photo is is them of, with their family, and mine's in front of a beer truck. So,
2: exactly, much cooler. That says a yeah, lot. totally. Yeah, much. You're, you're bringing it. This, that's much better. Okay, so we're gonna talk fantasy sports now. Sorry about all those, sure. you know, all of our floofy stuff. Coming off for runner-up finish in 2014, you lost Jordy Nelson, Dion Lewis, and Jimmy Graham last year. Dion Lewis early in the season after he was crushing it for the first five or six weeks. In the uh, 750 number. Th- Uh, 13 league and you still managed to win the league. How were you able to pull that magic off? Just
1: you know, talent, just general managerial (laughs) talent on my end. Um, (laughs) You know, uh, you know, being able to find those virtual, uh, um, uh, you know, unsought players on the waiver wire. But um, it it was rough. I also lost Steve Smith, and
0: you know, I I did have
1: Big Ben, but when Big Ben went out, um, you know, it crushed Antonio Brown's value. So. Uh, it, it was hard in the beginning of the season. Um, you know, I had to go 4-1 in the last five games to even make the playoffs. So I wow. didn't really work the waiver wire. Um, you know, early in the year I picked up Deion Lewis. Obviously he went down. But uh, the big one was uh, Doug Baldwin. I picked up mid-season right before he went off. And uh, I also grabbed Theo Riddick, uh, who actually helped in a couple games there. So the year prior I actually got C.J. Anderson off waivers as well. So I just really had to work the waiver wire.
2: To, see, that's uh, the thing about those waiver back. wires in Dynasty, you know, because of the rosters are short and people are keeping yeah. their projects, and, you know, they're keeping like the Devin Funchess on the team. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you get a C.J. Anderson kind of, no, not, of course, in the same time frame, but you get him just hanging out there in the middle of the season. Yeah.
0: And, and it, it definitely pays. I mean, like, this is just a testament. We, we've had other people on the show talk about this before, people who've had significant injuries. I mean, maybe not as significant as, as Brian's team here because it's that, just brutal to lose all those guys. But... You know, it's just a matter of taking taking multiple shots on the waiver wire and trying to find lightning in a bottle. You don't necessarily have to do it five times in a year in order to compete. You you hit right. it a couple of times in one year in one league, and all of a sudden those injuries, they're, they're kind of moot because you fixed it off the waiver. I, I think out, outworking your opponents is, is significantly underrated, especially when it comes to injuries. Brian, one of the things that – I always like to talk to dynasty champions about is what they plan on doing in the first round of rookie drafts, however, a lot of those dynasty champions usually have traded away their first round pick in order to win the championship the previous year. Now, you are not in that boat, my friend, because you not only fought through all these injuries, you didn't have to give up your first round pick this year in that seven fifty number thirteen and you 'll be picking at the end of it uh, talk uh, talk about some of the names that you're hoping. Fall to you uh, at the end of that first round in uh, in your rookie free agent draft in the FFPC.
1: You know, I, I got to be honest. I'm probably the worst person to ask this question. I'm not interested in keeping my first round pick at all this year. Like, I, I'm I'm willing to give it away. Uh, I'd love a first round pick in 17. Uh, you know, try and do a straight up trade for that. We'll see how it works. Um, it just I, I I was originally looking at CJ Procy, hoping he'd fall to me. Um, but you know, now Pete Carroll's coming out and saying that he's got a lot to learn, which is terrifying. Um, and, you know, like you said, with the roster cut downs, uh, I just don't want to grab somebody and have them sit on my roster for two years, hoping they might be able to contribute at some point. So I, I guess, you know, maybe if I can't trade my pick, I'm looking maybe for Devonte Booker. Um, just because I own CJ Anderson, I think he'd be a good handcuff. Uh, he was Denver's second running back. The, at least they say, um, you know, after the draft. He's a three-down back. Um, so, I mean, that'd be the guy, if I can't trade my pick, that's the guy that I want to get for sure.
0: Brian, let me follow that up and, and ask you, what are you doing with that with that pick right now? I mean, are you actively shopping it? Are you sending out m- multiple offers to different owners in your league, or are you kind of waiting till people come to you, or are you not going to turn up the heat on trying to trade that pick until the draft actually starts and players start going off the board?
1: I'm going to wait. I mean, I know a lot of guys hate it when people do that, but I I figure the pick's never going to be more valuable than when it's on the clock. Um, Usually I'll put it out there, hey, I'm interested in trading back. Um, If somebody's interested in in that pick, they're going to let me know within the first hour or two I'm on the clock. So it's not like I'm going to take the whole clock time up, but uh, I'm just hoping that somebody is itching for a guy that's still on the board and is willing to do something crazy to take my pick away.
0: Oh, or not, not even necessarily that crazy. It, <laughs> it, you know, just could could be a, a deal for a vet or a, a you know a future pick that that you might uh, that you might like. For sure. Correct. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk
2: about the live uh, 1250 de draft in Vegas last year. Uh, first of all, thank you for coming to Vegas. It's so much fun always. I hope you're coming again this year. Um, oh yeah,
1: i have already s- signed up for the two 1250DE's, uh, so I'm, I'll I'll be there.
2: Sweet. That's awesome. I'm I'm excited about Vegas Buckley. Um, despite the format, you only chose to roster three tight ends, including one with a four-game suspension and, and Antonio Gates. Uh, Why were Larry Donnell and the always underrated Delaney Walker good enough for you to concentrate on other positions?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I took three tight ends in the first 14 rounds. I thought that was pretty aggressive. Um, you know, Don't ask me how, but I think I was as high as anyone on Delaney Walker last year. I, I pretty much had him everywhere. You know, I, I just loved him. He had a young quarterback, uh, no other real pass-catching talent around him. They had zero running game, a bad defense. I figured they'd be behind late most games. Uh, he was being drafted, you know, 10th running or tight end, sorry, off the board. I thought he had easy potential to be a top five, so I pretty much had Delaney Walker everywhere, and uh, I was pretty pot committed on him. So I, I felt safe once I got him. I think I got him in the eighth round, um, so I was I was pretty jacked about that. Uh, and it just kind of came together for me
2: that's awesome eight round for Delaney Walker and FFPC both. yeah
0: that's crazy Delaney Walker to me is like the guy that I've never like I'm almost annoyed because I've had him over the years too and I'm always almost always annoyed to like pick him and I'm like Delaney Walker <laughs> you know fine just you know I'll take him or whatever and then like you know, when you, you see the highlights on Sunday, because I never watch a Titans game. I can't. Um, I see <laughs> or, the highlights. Or, yeah, or Thursday. Or a Thursday. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Delaney Walker, 12 yard touchdown. All right. You know, and then you get like super psyched of owning him. He's yeah. like he's like the exact opposite end of the spectrum. You hate drafting him, but you love
2: having him. And like we, were, we said before about FanDuel and DraftKings, like football guys, they would, all, in their projections, they would, he would always be the best value tight end ever. Every week, he'd be like, oh, Delaney right. Walker. Delaney mm-hmm. Walker. Right? Is that right? Did you, do you play on those uh, sites once in a while?
1: I do, I do. I'm not I'm not as heavy as, as you know, my, my season long, but I, I'm starting to get into it. But, yeah, Delaney Walker was always
2: the value pick at tight end. Yep, yep, for sure.
0: We have uh, much more to come with uh, Brian Holzen, the 1250 number 2 Draft Experts Champion and 750 Dynasty uh, number 13 Champion from 2015. Much, much more with Brian coming up right after this. We're going to talk a little Carlos Hyde. Stay tuned. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour rolls on. I'm Eric Baltman. He's Dave Gerzak. We are talking to Brian Holzen, the 20 excuse me 2015 750 number 13 Dynasty champ, 1250 DE number two champ, won a lot of money in the FFPC last year. Is the moral of the story. And let's talk a little bit about Carlos Hyde, kind of a polarizing guy coming into 2016. Brian, it looks like he was going to be having a good year last year. Uh, and then he started, he got hurt played with the injury Remember, and, week one okay we we'll interrupted yeah week one right yeah, yeah. Well, we
2: were in Vegas at uh we were hanging out with Corinss right at, at his uh suite at the
0: Cosmo at the Cosmo, Cosmo like man. you know
2: whatever 30 stories up we're watching Carlos oh, right. we're watching Carlos Hyde. well yeah. hey it's not my suite I don't care how many stories up it is you know. and you're watching Carlos I like dude gonna be the Austin you're 30 points're eating pizza having a few drinks everybody's like going crazy about
0: Carlos yeah. I said, like I think just like uh, it's the Niners. They suck. He's going to suck. You know what's funny about Carlos Hyde is, and Henry Muto, normally he listens live, and I feel comfortable telling this because I don't think he's going to download later and find out about this. But I remember, we were totally like, don't draft Carlos Hyde. Don't draft Carlos Hyde. He's going to be like – and because I had him on my Carrington Dynasty team, and I'm like, I don't even want this guy on my team. It's going to be awful watching him. And I'm like, don't draft – and then, of course – just rips up the Vikings yeah. defense week one. Like, I mean, he's untradeable after that yeah, week. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, my God, like, people are, like, you know, talking about what Carlos Hyde could be a top five running back this season. And then Henry Muto in the chat room of the first show we did after Vegas was typing in there, he's like, every time I was going to draft Carlos Hyde, I heard Eric Balkman's voice in my head, don't draft Hyde, don't draft. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's just great. Now I'm going to have Henry Muto, like, mad at me because yeah. of, of this Hyde advice. And then, like, I was, like, actually super excited, even though it, like, hurt my Carrington team. I was super excited to see him suck after that, like, he got hurt. I'm like, oh, Oh. thank God that was, like, the correct call. But let's move on to 2016. We'll let Brian talk eventually. Yeah, Brian, he's recovered from this injury, uh, you know, and now he's uh, playing for Chip Kelly uh, as the lead back for the Niners. What can we expect from Carlos Hyde this season?
1: You know, I had him, not to revert back to last year, I had him last year in my Vegas league. I got him in the fifth round. And after week one, I was like going to order a Carlos Hyde jersey. Like I, I was, <laughs> I was, I thought I had the steal of the draft, and then obviously the foot happened. Uh, this year, I'm I'm still worried about the foot. Uh, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty risk-averse uh, drafter, um, and you know he tried to play through it uh, for a couple weeks, so he had even less you know recovery time than he normally would have. Uh, foot injuries on running backs just scare me. They they tend to linger. Uh, you know, I know Chip Kelly. He's going to run him into the ground if he can stay healthy enough. So there's a lot of upside there. Um, you know, he went. He was going in the fifth round last year. This round, he's still. This year, he's still going in the fifth. So you're not really getting a lot of uh, cushion for the injury. He's going right around Matt Jones, Jeremy Langford area, and I, I'd rather get those guys uh, at this point than Hyde. But as long as he's being taken in the fifth round, I don't really. I don't see an issue with it. I think it's it's a good pick there. So.
2: What do you think about you fifth round, Carlos?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, again, I I bring it back to the whole.
2: He's black, right? He's tongue, not. He's not Hispanic. Y-
0: yes, he's black. Why is he named Carlos? You know, I don't really, I feel like it's May and we're a little bit too early in the drafting season for to bring up racism on the it's show. not racist to ask um, about
2: the name Carlos. I, I feel like, you It's not a common name for a black guy. It's okay. Black people get it.
0: We're going to get to the racist, you know, comments on the show eventually. I just feel like it's it's too early. I know, in the geez,
2: I know this is a PC show. I can't ask about the name Carlos. It's so, just a weird name. So in the you're a person a, of the wonderful <laughs>
0: African-American descent that I love. And and the equally and I love Hispanics. And uh, we yeah. love Hispanics. Right,
2: we love everybody. Yeah,
0: uh, Wisconsin has the best uh, taco bowl in the in the country. We're also good with the bratwurst. <laughs> <laughs> bratwurst in the taco bowl is is really really the expertise here. Um, if I was drafting in in like an FFPC set in the I, I would be stacking receivers and tight ends. Um, if I had, like, three receivers and a tight end a- a- in uh, the first four rounds, I'm fine with Hyde as my number one running back in the fifth. I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Yes,
1: I'm really? finding that that exact thing is happening a lot. Because I-, I go wide receiver heavy in the beginning. Uh, I try and get Delaney in the fourth usually. And then I'm looking at typically Matt Jones, Carlos Hyde, one of those guys in the fifth. So that's pretty much how it lays out.
0: Matt Jones in the fifth, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, well I mean who else is there besides your, your speed guy um from the draft? Who? What? What? No, no, no. The guy for that uh, we were talking about uh, blazed the this pro day oh, Keith Marshall. Keith You're Marshall, in. yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: In the red, so the yeah, you can get mm-hmm. you can get Keith Marshall for
0: Uber Chief, I'm sure. Well that's my point. That's why Matt Jones is going in the fifth. Hey, real quick, uh, just as long as we're talking about the drafts that Brian's been doing, you can follow him on Twitter at Draft Addict. He actually posts a lot of like drafts as they're going on. FFPC that's a great draft Twitter handle, by the way. Yeah, yeah I mean, Draft Addict.
2: That's sellable.
0: Well that, that, you is? can't
2: sell a Twitter handle.
0: Well, I'm, I'm sure you can. Just Twitter doesn't allow it. How would Twitter know?
2: I don't know, but they might know.
0: But they wouldn't. <laughs> um, but yeah, Brian well, posts it was for a lot. Sale, oddly enough, so. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Um the uh the, the draft boards that Brian's actually doing I mean he obviously takes the the team names off when he posts them but it's a really cool way to see where players are going on the FFPC um satellite I think over 100 followers and, Yeah and, and Brian actually I mean he can, people ask him questions about it he communicates back and forth he's a great guy to pick pick your or to have his brain picked on on Twitter it's fantastic All right anyway, Brian
2: back back go to, ahead Dave. we was done you know talking up your Twitter Twitter feed
0: here That draft Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so hey, at Draft Attic, let's talk a little about about your uh, Revelations draft. You took Ladarius Green at the 612. Obviously, he's the new signee of the Pittsburgh Steelers after Heath Miller retired. He was the 11th tight end off the board. I think that's a super value. Um, so my question to you: Do you think other players are undervaluing him? Undervaluing him in drafts right now?
1: Yeah, but I don't think it's going to happen for too much longer. Um, I mean, I I haven't been burned by Green before in the past, so maybe that's why I'm, I, I like him so much this year. But you know, the guy's six six, two forty. 240. We're in a four five six forty at the combine, 10-foot, 4-inch broad jump. And his, his, his main skill is blocking. I mean, he's just – he's tailor-made for that offense. They lost Martavius Bryant to suspension. Uh, Heath retired. Uh, that's 172 targets, uh, you know, that Pittsburgh lost. That's got to go somewhere. So, uh, I think in that offense with a healthy Big Ben, you got Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell. Um, you know they gave him a pretty decent contract, and he has nobody really behind him, Jesse James and Matt Space, I think. Um, I, I think he's got a big season. Uh, since that draft, I, I've been in a few others, and he's easily going uh, beginning of sixth, uh, late fifth, so I think he's going to continue to climb.
0: The uh, 14th round. Uh, Brian had the first uh, first pick in this draft. Uh, everybody who didn't who didn't listen to Revelations last week, I'm sorry, my, my ears just blew up. I'm just overmodulating a little bit. Uh, yeah, definitely go back and uh, check that show out, and actually sync it up with the YouTube You can play back the YouTube channel and watch the the picks come off the board. What did we say about his draft? Do we like it? Yeah, I, I think, Brian, do, do you recall? I, I think did we rip we, on your draft or like we like it? I think we ripped on the draft. I, I thought it was good. If we got Bulk, to it. Balky said he liked it, I'm sure. Don't yeah, worry well, about it. Well, obviously, that. yeah.
1: Balky said my, my eighth-round pick of Charles Sims gave him pause.
0: So. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I did say that. I do remember saying that. What
1: the hell
2: does that even mean? It gave
0: me pause. I was like, I, I looked at Sims, and I'm like, hmm. And then I paused because I was given pause by the pick. <laughs>
2: Such
0: a nondescript comment. Well, let's talk about the Sims. Let's talk about that Sims pick. Hmm,
2: let's
0: talk about Sims. I want to talk about Sims. Hold on. Okay, there's the pause. <laughs> now let's talk about Charles Sims here a little bit in the eighth round. You know, certainly, I wouldn't say you reached on him. I was just kind of thinking about like, oh, that's, that's kind of. Uh, uh, an interesting selection as... That as talkie's way of saying the pick sucked. I didn't, didn't like say it, right? it, I didn't say it sucked. That's your bad talk. You know, I guess when I think about Tampa Bay and the running game, I've been thinking more about where to draft Doug Martin. I hadn't really considered Charles Sims, but Sims is a guy who is pretty adept at catching passes, and we all saw the payoff that you had last year if you drafted pass-catching running backs later on. Maybe Sims could be the, the 2016 version of that, Brian. Is, is that sort of what you're you're hoping for with the selection there of him?
1: I was partial to Sims and uh, Theo Riddick as well, who went a few picks before him, and that kind of sent me in a spiral, Theo Riddick being there for me. But I had both those guys in my uh, draft experts league in Vegas, and I got them way late, like 22nd, 23rd round, somewhere around there. And they really helped out a lot, especially in the draft experts format, which is is typically what I draft in. But um, the fact that I had Doug Martin already, I mean, he's got to, Sims has got to be one of the better handcuffs out there because he produces even with Martin's healthy. I mean, Doug had a great year last year. Sims still had 100 rushes and 50 catches. So, um, you know, I guess maybe I'm so used to drafting and draft experts. Maybe I took him a little earlier and I should have. Uh, but, um, I, I, like I said, I was hoping Theo would be there. He wasn't. You know, when you pick on the ends, I, I feel like I try and guess the runs a little too, too soon sometimes. So maybe I, I did reach a little bit, but. Um, you know, an afterthought, maybe Isaiah Crowell, somebody like that would have been a little better, but uh, I'm still happy with it.
0: Well, I'll tell you this. Um, all right. You don't have to make the, the, the head jerk every single time. Um, Brian, I'll, I'll say this. If it was down to between Sims and Crowell, um, I, I would have taken Sims over Crowell.
1: Okay. All
0: right. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't think it was necessarily a bad pick. When I say it gave me pause, I just literally had to step back and and think about it a little bit because I hadn't considered it. Okay, let's move on and talk about your 14th round pick uh, in this draft because I also found this interesting as well. Buck Allen was your selection there. Tell us a little bit uh, about how you see the running back workload being divvied up uh, amongst the Ravens this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was was a bit of a dart. Um, You know, I was scrambling for running backs. I mean, uh, but, you know, I know he faces a lot of competition. They they drafted that rookie uh, running back, Dixon. Uh, for Seth coming back from injury, they just came out with a statement that for Seth's going to start with the ones. Um, but, you know, I think Buck showed last year that he can catch passes. I love pass-catching packs. Uh, 14th round, you know, it is a dart, like I said, but I liked him more than some other guys that went right after him, like Andre Williams, Chris Johnson. So there wasn't a lot of talent there. You know, in these FFPC drafts, it's tough. These guys are so good. There's, there's not a lot left once you start getting down to those later rounds.
2: Were concerned about Kenneth Dixon at all? Did you guys? It wasn't. He's been brought up really.
0: I think like when you when well, I mean, do you want to bring, do you want to bring up what, um, what was that? Kevin Cole that you were talking about with that running back study? Yeah, there was a
2: Roto World uh, article talking about the most overvalued. Actually, it was Roto Viz and then referenced a Roto World article saying one of the most overvalued first round picks is Kenneth Dixon. He only has a five percent chance of success in the uh, NFL. Right.
0: Yeah. So I mean, like, I when think- was Buck Allen
2: taken? Like, he was a like third or fourth round pick. Do,
0: do you recall? Yeah. Do you recall,
2: Brian? I believe he was a fourth. Fourth. Okay. Um, and he was pretty highly, you know, like semi highly touted as like a, you know, a He was like he was like he was like the Kenneth Dixon of last year.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, really, it wasn't much different. Where it's like, oh, this guy could be pretty good. <laughs> he Definitely could be good. Um, so I, you know, we'll see what what happens with that uh, with that Baltimore offense in general. I mean, they you have Aiken coming back, Steve Smith coming back. Uh, hopefully, we'll get to see Brashad Perriman. They get Mike Wallace in there, Ben Watson, and then it, this is all with a quarterback coming off a, a torn ACL. So, I, I honestly have little that I'm sure of in that Baltimore offense this year. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah,
2: that sounds awful.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, I'm going to ask you a question. I just got a dynasty offer, so I'm going to. Oh
0: yeah. Interrupt the <Breaking> show, dynasty <laughs>
2: offer for the Dizzle. Don't trust me. It's not that. It's not that great. Yeah. But it's um. It's in, it's an in league where I have Russell Wilson. I also have Andy Dalton. Can you say who offered this? Is, is this a uh, no one you'd know? His Team uh, name is liquidity. I think. I mean, what, what's the player's name? Does he play FFPC? FPC?
0: Chander. Chander. Oh yeah, that guy. I remember. So that he, offered,
2: guy. he offered the turn up truck. <laughs> is that, is that yeah. his team name? He offered me Stefan Diggs and RG three, which obviously RG three sucks. Um, for Andy Dalton, and I have Russell Wilson on that team. My receivers are okay. I mean, but they're not fantastic. I mean, like. Jeffrey Cooks and a bunch of other, you know, Crabtree and some other crap, like Moncrief and Funches and stuff. Moncrief and, might not be and crap. And I'm going to get Corey Coleman in the draft. But nevertheless, you know, so in Diggs, who I'm not, you know, I don't really love him necessarily, but, I mean, Dalton, you know, I probably won't play him a lot. So I am trying to, I guess I'm trying to talk you into me taking this trade, but what do you think, just arbitrarily?
1: <laughs> it, you know, without looking at everything, you know, in a vacuum, I, I I take the trade. It doesn't sound like you're going to play Dalton that much. Um, You could probably, you know, when Russell's a pretty sturdy quarterback. I don't think he's, he's, uh, you know, a huge injury risk. So uh, you could probably find a fill-in quarterback easily uh, for his bye week. But, um, yeah, I'd do the trade for sure.
2: Yeah, I mean, then, normally you get trade offers. You're like, all right, well, the, wait, let me see what this sucky trade looks like. Yeah. Once in a while, they're actually not. I'm, I'm at the
0: point where, like, if I get a trade offer, that's not got awful. No, like, I'm not. I don't even like. I'm at the point I'm like, do I even bother checking this? <laughs> like, should I just delete the email and just move on with my life and spare myself the, ugh.
2: Now, Brian, you don't do. You, I mean, do you get? I mean, how many bad trade offers in FFPC Dioceses do you get versus like what you consider reasonable? I mean, can you give me a ratio? What's the
0: ratio? Yeah.
1: I've I've had so I've had some of the worst trade offers like I could even imagine and i i thought about writing down some examples of some some that i've had but i didn't want to didn't want to put anybody on front street that was in my league so oh, go ahead. i'd say um no i can't i'd say it's <laughs> it's probably uh i'd say 80 20 80 bad 20 decent um yeah. you know i don't know if a lot of people throw out a crappy trade hoping i will um
0: you a know drunk. send
1: an offer back yeah yeah i don't i don't know if that's kind of what they're thinking but i usually just decline it politely and say thanks for the offer
2: and you know go about my way so for <laughs> the offer oh my god there is by the way there's a thread on footballguys.com in their uh, their shark tank that you can post like the worst trade offers you've ever gotten so feel free if you want to like you know oh, let a little steam off go feel free
0: to just go pop them in there and post them up you know i'm just going to br- bring this uh, back to fantasy analysis for a second i used to my philosophy <laughs> and this is in all my leagues like especially like i play in these baseball keeper leagues too um i my philosophy was never to make my Best offer first, like never open sure. with the, the absolute well, maximum. Trump, Trump doesn't do impact. that either. Okay, so here's the thing. Ban all Muslims. So oh, yeah, they're okay. So in in this one baseball league I'm doing really good in, and this is the, the point of the year where you can really load up and, and trade prospects away for um, re- really good guys, and I, I sent a competitive offer to this guy. You just, you're talking about baseball? This is baseball. I sent a competitive offer to this guy. And he's like, I'm being inundated with all these trades because he's putting three studs up, yeah. and and they were they were three positions that they are pitchers, and my pitching is really weak on that team. And I'm like, I, and I was already I'm mean, in, in first place in that league. I'm like, I can really cement kind of like my real, championship yeah. if I get this. Yeah. yeah, here's a good one. Right. So I sent him a competitive offer, not the best I was willing to okay. do, and he never contacted me. He's like, all he said was like. I, I I'm being inundated with offers right now, uh, and I'll let I'll let you know. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. And the then the next
2: day, right? right yeah. Exactly. I can't, I can't even talk about this. <laughs> and right I now. and
0: I believe it. I mean, I believe I truly believe that the market was white hot for these three guys. So a day goes by, I don't hear from like you know what I should just counter my own offer and just take it up a notch. Just, I've done that before. You know. But I and I have didn't you ever do done
2: it. That, Brian, let me ask you Brian have you ever done that can I did?
0: finish the GD story well first. I mean we do have a guest I know we have a guest <laughs> so, just, but I'm so close to finishing it I'm, I'm riveted so, so anyway so then he emails me right after he already I get an email saying that his trade that he did a trade with somebody else like sorry I, I got this trade offer and I, I couldn't pass it up or whatever and I don't honestly I'm not sure if I could have beaten what he got for it but still I think I'm done. I'm like, I'm, I will do my best offer now after that. I was so ticked yes. off because now this guy could jump me in the standings over the course of the season. I'm really ticked off about it. I think I – because everybody's got a life outside of fantasy football, and I feel like send really? your best offer – yeah, send your best offer right away. Either you win big or you lose big. Either way, you save time.
2: All right, so that's, two, that's going to lead me to two questions for you, Brian. First of all, do you do that? Sure. Or do you – you send an offer and you're like, oh, that offer's not quite good enough, and then you you you, you – you raise it up. And then the other thing is, do you, uh, when you send offers, do you send like kind of a, like bulky, so like a fairly okay offer or do you send your best offer right away?
1: I've I've learned. Um, I, I, I try not to send my best offer right away because I know I'll always give a little more, um, you know, if I get countered, I just always expect a counter offer because why not? I mean, you're never going to get it if you don't ask for more, right? I mean, I always, I always counter no matter what. Even if I'll take the original trade offer, I always counter. So I try and leave a little meat on the bone, for sure.
2: <laughs> All right, that's good. See, I should have count. By the way, I accepted the uh, Dalton.
0: Oh, live on the air?
2: Yeah, I accepted. I should have. I should have countered with uh, like a-, a moderate increase nah, in, see, in-, in rookie
0: draft. You'll never know. You could have got <laughs> that extra I fourth rounder. It. I screwed it. Yeah. All right, so if so Russell Wilson
1: gets hurt, I'm never going to be back on the show.
0: Yeah, exactly. Don't worry, you'll never, you'll never be asked back. Sorry about that. Russell Wilson never getting hurt. Come on. that's impossible.
2: I see I knocked I on wood. On wood. I, don't the, I don't know if the listeners caught that. So you started with just a few leagues back in 2013, and now you're up to over 100 in 2015. What the hell is going Wait, that's not the question. How do you keep track of all of them in regards to lineups and waivers? Do you have co-owners that give you a hand with all of these things every week?
1: You know, I should have been more specific when I told you that. About 95% of my leagues are draft expert style. Ah, smart. Uh, there you um, go. I'm a total, I mean, I've got the sickness. I love doing drafts. Like, I'll do one every night when my kids go to bed now. My kids are a little bit older now. They're four and two. Um, you know, I I, I could go out with the guys, you know, spend 100 bucks at the bar and, have a hangover the next day, or I could sit at home, do a little quick fantasy draft, have a beer, and then head to bed. So that's kind of um, – I love doing the draft expert style drafts. Um, I try and keep it – I actually try and keep it below 10 uh, managed leagues per year because I don't think I can handle much more.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm, last year I struggled with however many. I don't even keep track how many I do anymore. I just like, oh, let's <laughs> add another one, just add another one. I think it was less than 10, but it's just like, screw this. you know. And it's all about like – you know when it's draft season or like right now i'm like man i should get in more dynasty leagues and as soon as like week four or week five hits and i'm placing waivers for all these leagues and doing lineups i'm like what the hell was i thinking you know what i mean it's just it's not worth it <laughs> i do recommend you know i normally don't recommend
2: products where they're not you know paying us huge sums of money because we have so many downloads in this podcast but i recommend fantasy pros my playbook they're actually if you manage like more than 10 teams you know, it's like thirty dollars a year, and then you know that's a very good product actually for pop, for importing all those teams. if it's like FFPC or my Fantasy League or what you know, any of these other types of uh systems it's a, it's really good it tells you you know and you don't have to listen to it, but that tells you who to start and who the you know, hot free agents are and stuff like that, and it just saves me a lot of time. Hey, whatever happened to your remember we well, I shouldn't say we, but you also, had the... football guys has a similar product. I just, you know, I kind of like the interface, no offense to Dodds or anything, but I kind of like the interface a little bit better on, my, on Fantasy Pro's, but Football Guys, I love their service overall.
0: You know what? It's fine because they're the not cover. listening. this. I think this is the first time we've ever gone head-to-head with the Football Guys Audible because they're doing this on a Thursday night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. I'm sure we're more entertaining and they have more information. And more <laughs> viewers on Google Hangout. <laughs> until, until Brian came on, then I'm sure everybody jumped over to our broadcast. I have no doubt. I hey, Dave, whatever happened to, to that idea that you had with, with the, with, remember waiver Guys? You, you're gonna do the waiver guys, where it's just like you pay us thirty bucks and we place all these waivers <laughs> for you. Like never, never be without a kicker on buy again. Or, I would I would outsource
2: that to guys in like in, in India for like two is, bucks an hour. But
0: that was the idea yeah. was that you would be like the middleman and like people would pay the subscription fee and. It's probably not very scalable, I'm guessing. Right, Brian, no no scale there, right?
2: No, it doesn't sound like it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound too lucrative.
0: Hey uh, Brian, we we don't uh, we have a couple of emails here, but once again the listeners letting us down. They they kind of suck. Um, there's I, honestly there's, it's not the worth listeners reading. or the, the emails. The, the the well the listeners sending the emails. Oh brother. So we, we do really, have a, really hold on, hold on. The We do have a tweet oh. from show mascot at Two Packer sent in a tweet and Brian he wants to know what you would offer for the Dynasty 101. Now just as a background, he lists. Uh, that he has the one oh two the one oh four the one oh six the one ten and the two oh two, so basically all the even numbered picks uh, out of the first fourteen uh, okay, and then he says plus too many studs to list and he would like to get the one oh one so what would it take in in your mind if we do, if we take players out of the situation, what would you have to do, do in carrington i don't know. Uh, no, I, I have it, the it can, 101. It cannot be. It, it might be. He just made that trade. I have the 101 in Carrington. So he might be talking about my. Ezekiel oh, and he Elliott. did just make that trade that we're. T- Maybe so this he, is Carrington. So he's talking is about. Is he minus, a Carrington yeah, offer? This is talking okay. about my Ezekiel Elliott. Okay, hold on. Hold on, Brian. What what if you if you, <laughs> were, so if you were trying to trade with Dave Gerzak, who has the 101 in the Blake Carrington Dynasty <laughs> League, and you had the 2, the 4, the 6, the 10, and the 202, what would it take?
2: How many of those are you offering up well, to make, yeah, Brian? What, what me? Yeah. Now me and you were talking. Exactly.
0: Now. What would you offer to Dave to try to move up to the one oh one? on
1: Well, uh, you know, if I were Ron, I'd get crazy with it. I'd, I'd go nuts. I think uh, this is probably one of the most valuable uh, first picks, you know, in a rookie draft. Talking about Ezekiel Elliott, obviously. Um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd offer the one-oh-four, the one-oh-six, and the one-ten. I mean, I'd, I'd go nuts. I mean, you know, it's three, two to three years later, when you've got a 22-year-old Adrian Peterson on your roster, I don't think you're going to worry about, you know, not having uh, – who'd you get? Uh, Michael Thomas and Kenneth Dixon. I mean, I, I'd, I'd go nuts. I'd do whatever I could to get it.
2: But, so I would, but, I mean, I wouldn't take the four, the six, and the ten. But what, I would require – I, would, I mean, You would require the two, obviously. I mean, I, honestly, I mean, if, if he offered me the two, the four, the six, and the ten, it would be – I'm not even sure. Oh my God! But think about it. Jesus. Well, I mean, but keep in mind, I, hope has, no police I don't know if they're going to arrest for my, my team for has a lot of wide receivers. I mean, Brian, my team is really like has a lot of wide receivers. Right?
0: The, his team, I don't even know how he pulled this off. But this
2: I is, pulled the Norm Cruz. The, the, I, I, the, I, I I tanked your one. He did
0: the Cavalier King Charles, but then he has he just made a trade for Carson. This is Dave's team. Just made a trade for Carson Palmer today. Quarterback was the weakest spot on his roster. He still has oh. Le'Veon Bell, Jamal Charles, Amir Abdullah, right? Abdul is oh. on the squad. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah.
2: And Ezekiel Elliott. And
0: Ezekiel Elliott that he's going to take at yeah. the 101. And then your receivers yeah. are Sammy Watkins, Alshon Jeffrey, Brandon Cooks. Uh, who who Alan else? Alan Robinson. Alan Robinson. Uh, there's, there's, Murray, like, there's, Cooper. there's like three. At one point last year, I, I looked and at – And that night tight end is Gronk. I looked at fantasy pros – And Tyler Eifert and Right. I looked at fantasy pros, <laughs> that, and, which is insane for the tight ends. but I looked at the fantasy pros <laughs> dynasty rankings at one point last season, and I said – Holy S, Gerzak has seven top 15 receivers in dynasty right now. Seven of <laughs> them. Yeah, I'd get I mean, out
2: leave immediately. Yeah. I'm sorry, so I'm trying to I try to make kind of I'm just starting to make a little bit kind of bad trades a little bit, you know, to, yeah, keep it. Keep it. Just, yeah, just – I mean, that's not like – Keep it won, fair, Don't keep work, I didn't win the league last year. And that's the thing. thing. That's I had I lost. That's, I think like third. Here,
0: here's the, no, you didn't. You I didn't did. make the playoffs last year. What? You're, yeah, remember? Oh, because right. That was weak. I got screwed because it's we, heads all head-to-head. I, I went six and seven. This <laughs> the league is the worst. And, and, Brian, the great thing about this, uh he didn't make the playoffs last year because he, he had all that crazy wide receiver depth. Oh, man, Charles he, and Bell hurt. Well, he had Charles and Bell hurt but he could never pick the right receivers to start every <laughs> single week.
2: And
0: Dez was on the team, yeah. So he could never pick the pitches. right receivers. So he had these receivers going off on his team on his bench. And, and then I said, and I ended up being, the, I was the highest scoring team in that league last year. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is the dynasty conversation I had with my guys in the dynasty locker room. I said, okay, guys, Gerzak is down this year. If we're ever gonna win this league, it's gotta be now. Like <laughs> he's not in the playoffs, and of course I lose to the sixth seed in the, in stuff, the second round of the playoffs. Stuff happens. So, <laughs> you
1: got to pull a George Costanza and just do the opposite. I mean, when, I guess, it's, when it's, you're it's, off it's, on that, you just gotta do the opposite.
0: You know, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah, I who Would you
2: don't, rather don't, have
1: than Ezekiel Elliott? I mean, nobody, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. For my team, I mean, Elliott. It, it would take a massive. I don't even. Mean, Okay, whatever. Let's just keep moving
0: on. Okay. That that email's an answer. (laughs) You can can go ahead and move on with the next question then.
2: There's no more emails to – I said they all suck. All right, so here we go. Brian, last question. Sorry we talk so often, but that's just how we do it here. (laughs) So give give us a guy right now – this is redraft only. Give us a guy you're starting to really like for redraft leagues and a player you're going to definitely stay away from as much as possible in 2016.
1: Well, I've, I've got two that I like. Um, you know, one, I stole the, the stats off of Twitter. I think it was uh, Fantasy Douche is the one that uh, recently posted this. But I like A.J. Green if you're picking late, uh, like on the 1-2 turn. Um, uh, you know, he's had 10 touchdowns or more in three of the last five seasons. Uh, and his team just lost 150 targets in free agency. So if I'm picking late in the first round, I like going wide receiver heavy early. Um, I like A.J. Green a lot. And the second guy leads into the guy I dislike, but I like D'Angelo Williams again this year. Um, I'm just really worried about Le'Veon Bell. Um, you know, they just Pittsburgh just released a statement that they're not sure if he's going to be on the field for week one. Uh, that's terrifying. Um, you know, he had the hyperextension of the knee a couple years ago. He had the Liz Frank injury. Didn't he have a complete tear of the MCL-PCL? Um, I mean, that's worse than an ACL tear. Uh, you know his playing style, his workload, which which makes him awesome to own, also makes him a higher injury risk. It's just I'm avoiding Le'Veon Bell, and I'm definitely uh, drafting D'Angelo Williams
2: this year. Are you, I'm about to offer uh, a trade to the guy who owns D'Angelo Williams in that same carrying Hey, thing. is
0: that anarchy? Because no, I. Like- Kilmer's Kyler. Oh Kilmer, yeah, because I I was trying to get D'Angelo Williams from him too. Yeah, some rest. of these guys don't,
2: you know, like you ever have the guys who just don't respond ever. Just yeah. straight up, I mean, literally
0: never. Some of these guys, like they don't own computers. They run these <laughs> leagues off their phone. I'm not kidding. They run their. I, my wife a
2: one on one pick? Yeah, the, and no, no, my, no, no. My
0: Ford Taurus. They they set lineups and place waivers in their phones every week. <laughs> like I don't even know how you. I could I'd go crazy. I'd, I'd for sure get carpal Tunnel. I I it's it's insane. Um, Brian, what about a guy that uh, – Le'Veon Bell, is, is he your choice for the guy that you're staying away I'm from? I'm sorry. Man?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you guys would be happy with that one at the first round. We, we, we got we're it. We're more I than
0: mean, satisfied. Listen, we've been sounding yeah. the Le'Veon Bell warning chimes or whatever whatever bell <laughs> <laughs> chimes. I don't know. We've been ringing the, wind, the Le'Veon Bell alarm wind chimes on the show. The xylophone? We've been, we've been <laughs> plinking the Le'Veon Bell's xylophone. <laughs> Uh, for for several weeks on the show that we are concerned with them and Dave obviously said tonight uh, that he would take uh, Devontae Freeman over him and, and I, a, I just offered the two ten for D'Angelo Williams in a rookie draft and that's solid. that's, that's, that's
2: solid. fair right that's, that's fair right Brian very fair yes yeah cool you get the holes and
0: stamp of approval that's great I need to do more of my dynasty team management here while we have guests on I just I I, I appreciate <laughs> Brian you coming on tonight giving live um, draft or live dynasty trade advice to something uh, to a trade offer Dave gets during the show um, and, and just awesome. really the, the overall analysis that you've given us tonight on dynasty and, and draft experts and redraft. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. I'm, I'm glad that we got you on. I want to wish you luck this year uh, in both those 1250s. You're signed up. We'll see you at the Westgate, which is awesome. Uh, good luck in the revelations draft, which you drafted us last up, weekend. Look us
2: up at the Thursday party for sure.
0: Yeah. we're in a, We'll, we'll hook up. We'll, we'll tip a couple back. I'll uh,
2: be hanging out next to, uh, what's his name, that, the dude with the mustache. Actually, I won't be there,
0: oh, yeah. but Don Erickson will be there. Don Erickson will be there. I'll be hanging out with Don Erickson. He takes good notes for me, so, <laughs> yeah. so don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, Brian, it it uh, was awesome having you on. We're all going to follow you on Twitter, at DraftEdit. We certainly appreciate all the stuff that you put out there for the FFPC. Uh, thanks for uh, joining the show. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk to you soon.
1: It's been a blast, guys. Thanks. Anytime.
0: Thanks a lot. Brian Holzen, the... Uh, 1250 de number two champ, 750 number thirteen dynasty champ. His Twitter, okay, his Twitter handle is really cool, Draft Addict. Yeah,
2: and I think it's worth something. You know what was worth, worth more? Fantasy douche. <laughs> you just that that's gold, Valky. Did you see? Fantasy that?
0: douche is gold. It is, it is gold. Did you see that fantasy douche article about AJ Green? No, but I actually will look it up. It, it, it it's pretty pretty compelling the, case to make him. The douche is a smart guy. He's a very very intelligent guy, and you know the only um, thing that. Uh, I would say is que- que- that I question his intelligence. <laughs> no, okay. Listener to this show. <laughs> he uh, I, he I he think, yeah, he does because he um, he actually tweeted at me last week when I brought up the exotic smash mouth, in quotes, and he said, was that a um, was that a uh, hat tip to uh, uh, the guy from Roto World, Patrick? Uh, help me out, Darty. Is that his name? I don't know. I don't know the name. Uh, I don't
2: know. Wrote, at rotopad Roto, Roto on Evan
0: Twitter. Silver, uh, Silver. <laughs> e- Evan Silver. <laughs> like you, uh, Evan Silver. He's from New York? I know Evan Silver. He's the commissioner for the NBA. Yeah, I met him in Nevada. <laughs> I saw him in Nevada. Um, Look, I've just been
2: hanging out with Alex for two straight days, so I already—I've
0: already been—I've been hearing this already. Yeah. Anyway, so Fantasy Douche uh, tweeted at me, so I, it, it, that was a total hat tip to. Patrick I can't Curry. believe he knows. Like,
2: you know, so a guy like Fantasy Douche knows you—you you, you exist and everything.
0: Well, I don't know if he
2: knows I <laughs> exist, but he—he he certainly was. I wonder yeah. if he crushes mock drafts like Mike Clay. Ah, there we go. We knew that was coming up. I mean, Mike Clay was on Twitter tonight, bragging about how he crushed a mock draft, and I'm like,
0: that's impressive. Well, that he
2: you a mock
0: draft. He, uh, he gave you two choices in that tweet. He said, did I crush this mock draft, or did I crush this mock draft?
2: Now, you know what, 21st Fantasy Douche?
0: Yeah. Is that some more, that's, the most,
2: that's a douchey Twitter that's, comment. If,
0: you're, if you follow the Fantasy Hipster on Twitter, <laughs> Fantasy Hipster says stuff like that. Oh, my God. It's great stuff. Yeah. Crushing the mocks. Crushing the mocks, and we're going to crush your tweets that's, and emails. That's
2: actually a good Kentucky team name. Crushing the mocks. <laughs> I'm
0: going to put that on. We're going to crush tweets and emails right after this. High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour with Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak coming right back at you.
1: a question for eric gave or tonight's
0: guest send them a tweet at hsff hour on twitter email the show at high fantasy at gmail.com post it in the chat room during the broadcast hashtag your tweet with hsff or just smack eric in the head that's high stakes fantasy football at gmail.com or at hsff hour on twitter every I Fantasy Football Hour rolls on here, and we're getting into fantasy feedback, talking about your emails and tweets that you've sent us this week, picking our brains, however big or little they may be. And we're talking uh, about a, a dynasty trade that happened, and of course, the aforementioned Blake Carrington league, the only league that we talk about on this show that's not an FFPC league. And I got to tell you, it gets way more attention than we probably should give it. No kidding, that league, whatever. But let's bring up a uh, two-Packers trade that is apparently putting him in position to try to trade up for the 101 it's all over the airwaves apparently so our good friend andy bame trades uh the 102 the 104 and the 202 all this year obviously 102 104 and 202 yeah two team hashtag unhumble brag which is two packers team name uh two packer gives up david johnson larry fitzgerald and next year's number one for these three picks two firsts and a second that's a lot. Your initial, okay, let's talk about that. You think Tupac gave up a little too much for those rookie picks. Well,
2: first of all, you know, Fitz had a huge season last year off of two pretty bad seasons.
0: Hold on. I just want to interrupt you real quick.
2: For oh, those I'm of you following
0: kidding. in the blog talk uh, uh, feed in the chat room, as soon as we came back from break mm-hmm. and we, we played the production, Tupac has logged out. And I don't know if like he was somehow he just still listening. He logged back in. He, yeah, he, he logged back in when we started talking about his trade. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. So Fitz, I mean,
2: he's, but he's he doesn't get that much value in trades. I tried to trade him from the in the, uh, one league. I tried to give away Fitz in the one hundred and nine to get to the one hundred and two. <laughs> Quick denial.
0: Yeah. So mm. I can see that
2: though. No, I I get it. I mean, he's probably only got like one to two years. You should more.
0: have come with your best offer right away, Dave.
2: That was about as good as I was. Anyway, oh, okay. so but David Johnson and you know he's a semi pedigree back. We went in, like the third round. Third or fourth? Third or fourth? I want to say fourth. But he had a, he had a fantastic you know strong of games, and then the 2017 first. You know next year's rookie draft is supposed to be something else. It, they're talking. I don't know about if it's something
0: else. It will be something. <laughs> well,
2: supposedly this year's rookie draft is not much of something. New, 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 new. Really. I, bad. Think, I actually I think this year's rookie draft, to be honest, is a little bit underrated. I think people are you know peeing all over it so they can right. brag about the 2017 rookie draft. I don't think it's as bad as advertised. I think once you get past the first
0: like six or seven picks, it gets a little rough. 2017 is not as good as, as people are thinking. And 2016 is not as bad as people are. I I kind of agree with that. I will say this though. No. Ryan Howell, um, Hawkeye hellraisers bring him up on the show a lot. He actually said he's, um, you know, he was trying to trade picks, get rid of picks this year and trying to get picks next year. He's like, Nobody's given up their 2017 picks.
2: Yeah, that's tough. They're sure. they're
0: holding on to them like grim death. They are
2: because if you have a, if you have a team that's even you know pretty good, especially if you're like one of those teams where like oh you know if I get this guy you know and, and your team is like really good through your first ten players mm. if you have a ten man starting lineup, and uh, but beyond that it's like oh you know if I if I lose Allen Robinson my team is screwed. Yeah. Then your team can go from like fourth best to maybe you know maybe winning the league, but it could also drop down to worst. And if you give up that 2017 first round pick. You know, then you're giving up Leonard Fournette, uh, Juju Smith, uh, Schuster, Schuster, I S S. I, I don't like putting the Schuster on, I'm just going to call him Smith. So whatever. Okay. And then. <laughs> Great. And then they, and that then, won't uh, create
0: any confusion. And then on the, the rest show. of the
2: guys. I mean, I mean, are there a lot of guys named Juju Smith? I mean, do you need to just the rest call him Juju? Yeah, Juju, fine. Yeah. So,
0: um, what's interesting about this team is Andy Bames' team is sort of needed to get younger, and they got older with. I mean, not older with David Johnson, but Larry Fitzgerald. Much older there, but. and he does get the first rounder next year. Mm-hmm. And two Packers team is coming off, I believe, a third place finish or fourth place finish in this league. So it's interesting that he's getting the, he's yeah. trying to get younger. You know, maybe yeah, just lot, being preemptive. Or I mean, he's taking over a team, so maybe he's just putting his stamp. Yeah, I think that's more his, like it. He's like, I want to get my guys. Ah, oh, there you go. I didn't say it. You did. You you tried to stop, and you I, couldn't stop. I, I gave you one there, both All years. right. Thank you very much. I'll give you an email in return. Steven Long Beach. Hi, guys. Do you think Josh Dachson makes for a great... Is that how you would talk, a guy from Long Beach? Oh, sorry. I'll read it in Steve's voice. What I imagine Steve's voice to sound like. Hi, guys. Do you think Josh Dachson makes for a great buy right now? Carson or Djax? Cut before the season Doxon could end up Being the number three Or even number two Target in that Washington pass game And you don't have to Pay for that right now In drafts Steve Long Beach California (laughs) So what do you think I don't even know What the question was was I'm so so entertained So Doxon Is being drafted as essentially The number four Option in that Pass offense Maybe number five Honestly behind Matt Jones If Garcon I mean in redraft In redraft Right if Garcon or Djax gets cut, all of a sudden Doxson has the opportunity to maybe be the number two guy this, in that in that offense. They're saying Garcon could get cut before, or D-Jax, the, se- before the season. Before the season, and and For we cap relief, right, right, right. And Garcon's supposed to get like six point seven million or something crazy. I much. thought it was like seven. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot. So okay, but doesn't that make but his point? Is doesn't that make Doxon a good guy to get right now in drafts? Uh, for that purpose, or do you think that's a little overblown? That that narrative. I think it makes no sense,
2: but I, I I don't think Doxon is going to be an impact player this season. I I do think that, I think he could have one of those five or six or seven hundred yard seasons where he kind of comes on. Even if even if I guess if Garcon goes away, then but you know you know reason going to be there and Jackson DJackson's going to be there. I mean if if Garcon gets cut, I mean if that's a legitimate possibility, then yeah, that changes it at all. Yeah. But uh, otherwise, I, I don't think he's going to do much this year, but I definitely think one or both of those receivers will be gone heading into 2017. I think Donald will make his impact on it. I
0: think you make a good point. I think the other thing to keep in mind that a big part of Doxon's game is being that big red zone target and catching touchdowns. We all know touchdowns are a little fluky and they're even more dicey when it comes to a rookie. So, Tread lightly. I think there's the potential there, but it may not be that big. Biff Lab thinks he will pass Garcon at some point. Yeah, I,
2: I, would agree. I have no doubt. He will pass him when Garcon leaves the team.
0: Brandon in North Kingstown, Rhode Just Island. Kidding, uh, Brandon in North Kingstown, Rhode Island. I've gotten Devonte Booker in a couple post-draft drafts already, and I'm wondering if I am over-investing. Anderson has never been the pinnacle of health, and Denver will really be relying on the run game hard this year. Is it in the cards for him to have a David Johnson-like finish? Pun intended. Thanks, Brandon. at Kingstown, Rhode Island. Thanks, Brandon. What about Devontae Booker? John Elway said he's the number two running back in the draft. Made sure that they got him. Ronnie Hillman's a pile. C.J. Anderson's always hurt.
2: Yeah.
0: those are all. Mark Sanchez and Paxton Lynch are going to be taking snaps.
2: All value argument. All value.
0: Don't have to pay a lot for Booker right now, man.
2: Again, in redraft, we're talking. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think he's definitely worth a flyer in redraft. Dynasty, I'm a little nervous about taking him like at the 108, 109, in those rookie drafts. Yeah. But
0: uh, yeah, I, I think so for sure. Did he's I'm definitely think, worth
2: a flyer in redraft, I, even though he's coming
0: off an injury. I don't even know. Like I don't. I, I think I'd be fine with taking him at the 108 or 109 in Dynasty. Like I, I, at that point, what who would you rather have on your team?
2: Well, you're, at that point, you're looking at like a Tyler Boyd type or a CJ Prosize
0: Okay. I was about to say Wolf, or, or but that's, Will, like Fuller, Will Fuller. Will mm. Fuller. He
2: was the second. He, I think he was the. He was the second
0: wide receiver yep. taken. Yep. I don't know. I th- I think that Booker is not a bad pick there. I don't mind. I don't mind Boyd. I know you don't. Uh, Reggie in Minneapolis. Mine, I, I do agree with you, actually. Okay. Reggie in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Dynasty aside, does Laquan Treadwell become the number one passing option in 2016 for the Vikes? And if so, does he finish among the top 30 wideouts for redraft purposes? Thanks, Reggie. I'll tell you this. I do think he becomes the number one wideout if he's not already. And uh, I do believe he finishes in the top 30 receivers this year.
2: I think yes and God. (laughs) Yes and God. God, it's going to be close. I, I don't think he has a great. I think I'm think i going to say no. I might people want to put five on it. Really?
0: You would put five on it? All right. I have five on Laquan Treadwell finishing as a top 30 FFP wide, FFPC wide receiver this year. I have five on the opposite of whichever. I got five on it.
2: That, you know, that might be a good one for you. But I don't care.
0: Another one for the good guy. <laughs> Treadwell. And Rob is telling me that we have time for one more email. So I will read it. Top. Thirty. Okay. Dear Russell and Kevin. Oh man, we totally is that we should have we should have oh, had Westbrook that. that yeah, that Thunder um, Spurs game was tonight. Was that Game Seven? No, uh, it's Game Six, but the Thunder can win it on their home floor. Oh. We totally. Is st- it over? It's probably going on right now. If you want to flip it on. Yeah, turn off the podcast. Turn, turn No, we're on. not turning off the podcast. We got to answer this <laughs> email. The Giants have been falling all over themselves, telling anyone who will listen that they view Paul Perkins as a complete back who can run, catch, and block. With the lack of true competition in New York, should Perkins be the type of guy selected after the top 25 backs are off the board as a potential lottery ticket that could pay off early? And could he be an ascendant candidate? Go Thunder. That's Wayne in Falls Church, Virginia. It seems like we get a lot of emails from Falls Church in Virginia. They'll seem that way. Yeah. Uh, so Paul Perkins, I, I talked about liking him before the draft. I think one of the big knocks on him was his ability to stay healthy. I, I think I've made, no, I made it pretty clear on the show that I really don't take health you know, or, or lack thereof of college players that it's going to transfer over to the pros. So I, I like Paul Perkins, and I do think that he is a good flyer to take, um, especially right now if you're drafting in some of the FFPC sets. You can get good value on him. He could be the starting running back sooner rather than later. I mean, I don't know who's going to beat him out, not Vereen, not Andre Williams. Maybe Brandon Jacobs, Tiki Barber, if he makes a comeback, I could see him beating out um, uh, Paul Perkins for the job. What do you think? Well, in this case, I'm going to go
2: with the New York Daily News' as Ralph. But Chaniel you know, Va- thinks, thinks that Rashad Jennings is the likely workhorse. He doesn't think Paul Perkins doesn't have much of an impact his rookie season. Okay. He, again, people get so excited. He's a fifth round pick. He
0: sucks. Yeah, He's but I mean, we we talked David David. Uh, David Johnson was like he a third round pick or whatever. Okay. Well, That's a big difference. Wow. Just, I, I think like running back is so devalued in the NFL. You, you can kind of, you're, you're picking at nits
2: between a third round and a fifth round. I, I, I totally disagree.
0: Wholeheartedly. Okay. Disagree. Then, then let's, let's do a Paul Perkins. Wager on, here. All right. I'll take Kenyon
2: Drake. You went in the third round. I'll take Kenyon Drake, for five, yeah, I got five on it for fantasy points for 2016, and I'll lay 30 points to you. You got it. Bam. That's a deal. There you go, sucker.
0: All right, I got Paul Perkins versus Kenyon Drake this season plus 30. That's right. You're totally screwed. And Dave has the opposite. I have five on it. I
1: have
0: five on it. We got a little Lunas on that. I think we might have to pay royalties now because it <laughs> played a little bit longer than I thought. Okay, so Perkins. Plus 30, v. Kenyon Drake, and you know how I know that's a lot. Kenyon Drake, Alabama running back. <laughs> that is going to do it, ladies and gentlemen, for our show this week. i actually taking pro Uh If you notice, we, we had to do it uh, on a Thursday night because I'm actually going to be out of town this weekend. At uh, I would say in about this 12 hours, I'll be out on a lake. Yes, yeah, this, this is so stupid. ball. Yeah. he's doing his annual ice fishing tournament <laughs> or whatever. It's not a tournament. We just missed... <laughs> Like we all we have like families and 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 stuff now and it just got away from us this year and just nobody ever planned it so we're so like, now your
2: significant th- others and wives are like oh,
0: you're like oh, we're doing the ice fishing weekend yeah. they're all like oh, okay cool and they don't ask like uh it's May no my my wife did but you know what they, they we're giving them not we're giving them but they're actually taking a weekend in June oh you're being you're yeah. she, being a nice to reciproc- the wife we're reciprocating this year so yeah uh, I want to thank um. Brian Holzen, who was an awesome guest tonight. Uh, a lot of great stuff from him. Remember to follow him on Twitter at Draft Addict. And I want to thank the FFPC. I want to thank Rob. I want to thank our uh, Bryce, our audio engineer. Rob, of course, our mutual friend and uh, producer. We'll be back next Friday at our normal time. Normal time, normal date, next Friday, 10, 9 central uh, for our show. I want to remind everybody to play the FFPC satellites uh, that are going on right now at myffpc.com. Register for the Dynasty Startups, the event, and the Football Guys Players Championship. Remember that main event uh, deadline coming up at the end of the month. Your early weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week.
1: One thing you can't do it, stop
0: it this is uh, Famous by Kanye West featuring Rihanna Oh, wonderful And you know what is the second best part of tonight's show? You know what the best part was?